the Build Business Acumen Podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Schooler. I would like to introduce you to Brian Moran, and he has spent the last 20 plus years helping America's entrepreneurs realize their dreams. Prior to starting his third company in 2012, He was the executive director of sales development at the Wall Street Journal, overseeing the financial and small business markets across the Wall Street Journal franchise. And he is someone that I've spent quite a bit of time learning from. He's a very interesting individual, and I'm sure you'll find this very valuable. So let's dig into the show. Well, hey there, Brian. It's lovely to speak to you again. Great to be here, Nat. Thanks for having me back on your show. Well, I think the amount of value you delivered last time, it would be crazy to not sort of have you back, really. I mean, I think since since the last episode we did together, I've probably launched another 20. I can't remember what number that that was, to be honest. I should have probably checked, but I'm I'm quite interested to talk to you today because we're going to talk about, firstly, about how innovative thinking and creativity work in, in business. And then we're going to talk about time management, flexibility and adaptability. But before we do, I'd really like to hear a bit about your new business venture that you are starting. Sure. Thank you. Uh, It's called Small Business Edge and it will launch at the end of March, beginning of April. So you can go to smallbusinessedge.com and it's a global community platform for business owners. Uh, I've been doing this now, you know, helping business owners start, manage, grow, and even save their businesses for about 30 years. And so this is a culmination of everything that I've learned over the past three decades and all of the great people that I've been able to work with. And we're going to come together. uh, You know, you can almost think of it as like a Siri for small business owners. So if you, if you have questions about your business. You can come onto the site, you can ask us. We'll have a human-powered search engine that will go over the top 100 websites, and if that's not good enough for you, we'll have a subject matter expert that can help answer your questions. But it's, it's gonna be um, connecting with other business owners, connecting with companies that wanna help you run a better business, and I'm really, really excited about it. We're going to have podcasts, tweet chats, webinars, everything that you need to help run a better company. Sounds great. Sounds yeah. great. I know you've got masses of experience for the, from the last three decades, you know, and I always learn something from, from talking with you, Brian. So question for you, what about innovative thinking then and creativity when it comes to business? So the funny thing is, the I, I'm, I'm going to say something scandalous right now, and I'm going to tell you that the overwhelming majority of business owners and people in business, they're reactive thinkers. And by that, I mean, you know, something happens in a, in a given day and they react to it as if they, it came out of left field, like they didn't, they didn't see it coming. And what that does is, so, you know, they they have to take care of the problem. They have to stop what they're doing. And then when it's finished, they can get back to trying to achieve their goals for the day. And the problem with that is when these situations pop up, it stymies creative and innovative thinking. 
And, uh, you know, it's almost like we become firemen. You know, we put out the same fires every single day. Yeah. And, and so um, the question is, how do, you, how do you get outside that to allow yourself to be, you know, a creative thinker and an innovative thinker? And, and the answer is, you have to step outside your comfort zone, literally. You know, sometimes the best ideas come to me in the middle of a day when I take a break and I go walk my dogs. And I just literally drop everything that's on my mind except for the one problem I'm trying to solve or the one solution I'm looking for. And you have to realize, you, ha you have to, when you go on that walk or you take that break and you step outside your comfort zone, you, you have to look at your world and your situation from 360 degree angle, right? So that means completely covering it. So you look at it and you say, okay, I have a cash flow problem in business, right? And I keep having this cash flow problem. How do I solve it? You're not going to solve it sitting at your desk looking at the same problems and the same answers every time. You got to get up, walk out, and go find a place where you can think uninterruptedly for a period of time until you come up with enough solutions that you can go back and you can test them. And, and by that, I mean, look at all different angles from, should I sell my company? Should I get, uh, uh, you know, should I get an outside investor to invest in me? And then, of course, you know, should I borrow money from friends and family? Should I sell some of my assets? Should I, you know, maybe reduce the number of employees? The point is that you look at your problem from every different angle until the one that makes the most sense appears in front of you. Certainly from, from where I'm sitting, I mean, I come up with innovative ideas and creative ideas all the time, like every day. And it's like all day. And, I, and it's almost like, unless I'm really focusing really hard on a task that I'm doing, I find it difficult to switch that off. So for me, as a, as a person, as an individual, I'm not really stepping out of my comfort zone because that is my comfort zone. Yeah. I've got a friend who's, who's Britain's leading hypnotist and he's moved into subconscious success. And he, he doesn't do hypnotism anymore, but he's used his knowledge of the mind and he doesn't believe in comfort zones. He thinks that comfort zones, I mean, like Anthony Robbins, he's always out of his comfort zone because he likes being out of his comfort zone, you see. But there right. are people that, that actually being in a comfort zone, they actually need to be in that comfort zone. So I, that's a whole other conversation. I think we can, we can probably have. True, true. <laughs> you know, it, it's all sort of dependent, isn't it, upon upon the person and obviously the business as well. I mean, it, it's very difficult to be to be thinking innovatively and creatively if you're sitting there and you're in the accounts department. So if you if you're doing that, then potentially yes, you should go by the water cooler and have a and have a think or go for a walk around the block because there might be something that your accounting software may not be delivering that you, that you need. Right. I mean, all the great ideas come from innovative thinking and creativity, don't they? They do. And, and the, the sister to innovative and creative thinking is execution. 
So they have to be ideas that you can execute. So I talk a lot about the weeds of your business and the clouds of your business. The weeds of your business is where you execute. And I think we discussed this on a previous podcast, so I won't go too much into it. Yeah. But that's that's the day-to-day, you know, moving the needle in your company. So you're getting stuff done, right? And, and then when you need to, you go to the clouds of your business, meaning you take a 20,000-foot view of where you are right now, where you were in the past, and where you're going to. Because where you're going to, you know, you need to be able to see three, six, 12 months out and say, what are the trends that are coming up in the marketplace? You know, is there a recession looming on the horizon? And if there is, what do I need to do for my business to make sure I'm still here if that recession hits? Or will there be changes in the marketplace? And if there are, how will my company adapt? You know, that's creative thinking, right? Saying that, okay, I'm going to pivot my business in the next 30 days because I see changes coming. And, um, and I need to be able to adapt to those changes. And so that's, that's creative thinking, uh, outside the box. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to sell to the same customers. I'm not going to do my business in the same fashion. Uh, you know, great example. I have a client that does interior design work in Vermont and, um, and she had three successful retail stores. And, you know, over the past six or seven years, she saw the, the, uh, the sales in the stores had dwindled to the point where she was at break even at best. Right. And, and I said to her, you know, we need to move your business into the e-commerce world. Yes. So she closed down the three stores. She's in the process of selling them. She owned the buildings. And uh, we set her up on a Shopify account and uh, social media, and that's the way she is now running her business. And it's a new world. The beauty is her expenses are about 80% less than what they were, and uh, now, she, now she can compete on a broader scale. Yeah, yeah. But, but this, this, this way of thinking creatively and being innovative, right, being an innovator, that can be in any department, in any business. It doesn't have to just, because, you know, let's just think, I mean, if you're, for instance, you're working in a production orientated business and you're working in the production on the production line, you know, those are the people that are going to come up with the real kind of ideas, I think, to actually make that more streamlined, really. And that goes for every department, doesn't it, in the business? Just because you do a certain job doesn't mean you can't be creative, right? Absolutely. Uh, creativity is everywhere. You know, if you, can, if you have the ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, namely the buyer or the customer or the people who are using your product, then you, and, and all of the different people, because it's not just one type of person who buys your product in most cases. So if you have the ability to see what they see, that allows you to then go back and make changes so that it's more appealing to the person. And, and that's, and that's if, you're, if you're selling products or services. But we can talk about processes and, and workflow, you know, looking at something and saying, you know, there's got to be a, a better way to 
to do this. And if you give yourself the opportunity to think outside the box, that's typically where um, the best answers come from. And you're not afraid to fail. I, I mean, because again, 99 out of 100 ideas won't work. You're looking yeah. for that one idea that will. Yeah, yeah. But also, like you say, being stuck within the business really restricts your your creativity because you're so busy putting out the fires and dealing with the day-to-day. And stepping outside is so, so important. It's so important. I mean, I was talking to a CEO the other day of, a, of an insurance company. We did a... We did a, a an interview he's got about 100 staff or something he's been an entrepreneur since he was 19 years old and made his first million when he was 26 and then and then multi-millionaire by the time he's 29 and he's like what i think he's 47 now roughly and super super interesting but what he was talking about was actually thinking about your particular business or your department as in a planet so for an example, it's like, what's going to be on the planet? If there was nothing on that planet, right, and it was the Earth, yeah, and there was nothing on it, what would you have on it? Would you have a car? Would you not have a car? Would you have a laptop or would you have a desktop, right? So there are all these decisions that you can kind of make and you can slot those in to that planet, which is going to give you an idea. And you can make that and break it down into departmental planets as well, which I thought was just a great way to like open up your mind. I, I, lo- I love that idea. And what you'll find is that you need, typically need a lot less than um, what you already have. And, and in order to achieve your goals, in most cases, you have everything you need right now. And it's just a matter of organizing it in a way that's going to help you achieve your goals. Because remember, that's that's typically what we're doing. You know, if we're trying to think innovatively or create creatively, um, it's usually to solve a problem that's going to help us achieve our goals. So don't lose sight of that, right? That that there's an end game here. Everything that we do is a means to an end. Yeah. Yeah. So really, it's just start with the problem in mind, go and have a walk, sit in the bath, go and go and do some exercise or have a cup of tea somewhere quiet and just think. Right. And 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 make a list of the ideas and don't, you know, don't be uh, afraid to fail. Right. I mean, I think that's that's definitely important, isn't it? Because a lot of us are scared by failure and that will, that will stop us by taking, stop us taking action, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. But here's the other thing too. You know, you might want to talk to other people who are outside your comfort zone. So if you, if you work with the same type of people and it's the same type of thinking over and over and over again, then you're going to get nowhere. You know, diversity in thought is so critical to success because so, you know, picture 10 middle aged white men in a room talking about how to solve a problem. Okay, that's one type of thinking. But now you have, you know, um, men, women, old, young, black, white, you know, and, and everything in between. You know, you have 10 totally different people. 
And what you're going to do is you're going to get 10 different ways of looking at the same problem. And that is where you'll have a greater chance of success because it's diversity of thought that spurs innovative and creative thinking. Nice. I like that. That's that. I think that's that's very very true. That's why it's great to work with people who are a bit older, got more experience, you know, and they can they can just say no, you know, this is what your problem is. I mean, because your cash flow problem might be might be caused by your communication with your with your customers. Yeah, if you're writing yeah. the wrong type of email to your customers to collect money, then then and it's too aggressive, it might upset them. So that could be just one thing that you need to look into. And there are so many, it's such a complex world, the business world. And there are so many things to learn. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't learn something new, really. I mean, it's, it's just massive, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah, I, I'll give you a good example. So I, I was writing an article about uh, Generation Z. And uh, I have four kids, two are millennials and two are Gen Z. My youngest daughter is 18, and so she's one of the older kids in the Gen Z population. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I said, um, you know, what are, what are some of the differences within the Gen Z population? And she said, oh, that's easy. She said, you know, when we would go to a restaurant, I would ask the waitress or waiter for crayons so that I could draw on the paper that was in front of me. You know." The younger kids in Gen Z, they go into a restaurant and they ask for the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> and that blew me away. I yeah. said, you know what? That is, you know, that's amazing. And that's something I would never have noticed. But, you know, talking to somebody who's in that population, who lives it every day, who certainly thinks differently than I do. Um, you know, came up with the perfect, uh, you know, example of, of, uh, of some of the differences that I would have missed. So if you want to think differently and you want to think creatively and you want to look at all solutions, don't ask people who look like you, talk like you, have your type of background. You know, it's, it's diversity is when I tell you it's a key competitive advantage in business, it's not only diversity of background, but diversity of thought. So don't, you know, going out alone is a great idea, but that shouldn't be your only idea. Again, you know, we flip the world upside down and see what falls out. So be open to all ideas and all angles. Yeah. Well, thanks. That's, that's really enlightening. I think we should talk, we've got sort of 12 minutes, 13 minutes. I think we should talk about time management, flexibility and adaptability. Cause I know you're big on time management, Brian. Absolutely. It's the only currency that matters, Nat. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's all we have. You know, everybody gets the same 24 hours in a day and most people ask, you know, how did that person become so successful? You know, how, what are they doing that I'm not doing? And 
they might tell you, oh, it was luck, it was timing, it was, you know, just the moon and stars aligned, blah, 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 right? Or it's hard work and all that. What they're probably not telling you in most cases is that they really succeeded in managing every single minute of their day effectively. So, you know, I, I, I tell people, I tell my clients, if you want to be effective, there are five things you need to do every single day. So the first thing you need to do is plan. You need to plan your day. You need to take your day, you know, you need to take control of it. And that actually starts the night before. So I have in front of me a list. It's one sheet and it says, you know, Tuesday, the day we're talking. And I have all my appointments written at the top. Yeah. And then I have my list of to-dos, right? So I plan that the night before. So, you know, at the end of each workday, I leave 30 minutes to write down what I need to do the next day. When I wake up in the morning, it's all about execution. Execute what's on that paper. Yeah. Um, and I prioritize it. So that's number two, right? I break everything out into four categories. Urgent, important, everyday, non-essential. Um, and I got that from somewhere. I'm not the originator of that. So uh, I can't remember who did it, but I give you credit for coming up with it, whoever you are. But <laughs> ur urgent, important, everyday, and non-essential. Right. And here's the key. Before you do anything, take your everyday and non-essential items and delegate them to somebody. And if you have nobody to delegate to, then just take those two folders and put them off to the side right. because that's not important for what you're doing right now. You focus on the urgent folder and then you focus on the important folder and you start with the biggest challenges of biggest priorities, the most important priorities first. And why do you do that? Because in the morning, that's when you have the most energy. And as your energy starts to wane throughout the day, then you go from, you know, the, the hardest to the, the easiest. So, all right, we have planning, prioritizing, delegating. Then the key is execution. And that, I'll tell you this, a lot of people really stink at executing because they get distracted. Yeah. You know? They, yeah. they get distracted by things going on in a day and they lose interest and maybe things aren't working out. It was a little harder than they expected. And so their execution is weak. They're not, they're motivated to get it done, but they're not committed to get it done. Right. So the last thing I'll tell you, uh, my five points. So it's plan, prioritize, delegate, execute, and focus. The only reason for failure is broken focus. Watch those time robbers during the day. So if your pal calls you from, you know, that you've known since you were five and wants to talk about what you're going to be doing together this weekend, say, you know what, can I call you back at the end of the day? Or, you know, somebody comes into your office just to chit chat, you know, about, you know, what you guys are doing or a car that they want to buy or whatever, say, wow, that's really awesome. Congratulations. You know what? Can we pick up this conversation at the end of the day? 
Yeah. Because what those people are doing is they're they're borrowing your time. They're not borrowing it. They're actually taking it. Yeah. You know, and and if you allow them to do it, then it's time that you cannot spend on your urgent and your important objectives. And you leave less time to get them done. So if you want to be successful, the key is to manage your time successfully. Right, right. So are those your five your those are your five tips, yeah? If you do those five things, you have exponentially increased your odds of success. Okay. If you don't, I can almost guarantee you that unless you unless you like hit the lottery, you're not going to be successful in business or in life. Okay. I agree with that. But what about the, there's, there's a certain degree of flexibility and adaptability that, I mean, those, those are two big topics that we could potentially expand on another, another time. But I think, you know, in terms of like flexibility and adaptability, if you don't have space in your calendar to be flexible and be adaptable, then you've got a problem anyway, haven't you really? Yeah. So, Every hour, I take a five to 10 minute break. Okay. And I get up out of my chair and I go downstairs and I'll, you know, I have a a home office and an outside office. Most of the times I work in my home office because I like it. It's a comfortable environment. But every hour I'll get up and I'll go downstairs and I'll, you know, have a piece of fruit. I'll talk to my wife. I'll walk my dogs. I'll take time every hour to stretch my legs and to kind of, you know, just reset my brain and my thinking. And, you know, that way I don't burn out during the day. Yeah. So I have that flexibility of time, but if you, if you're not, if you're not, if you're watching your time during the day and you don't allow those time robbers, so you're not on your phone texting your friends or playing a game, stuff like that. And something does come up that, you know, out of the blue requires your immediate attention. You can give it to whatever has come up because you've, you have the time you've built in the time that says, okay, I can do this and still um, achieve my goals for today. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had it this morning, you know, like, uh, cause I had a, a project come in like three days ago and I've had to work on it really hard. Yeah. But, yeah. but I've actually, I've actually managed to do quite well. You'd be proud of me with my time management. <laughs> you know? No, I think you would. I mean, it's, it is, uh-huh. the, it is one of the most difficult things though. I mean, f- for me, I mean, I come from an era of having a paper diary, right? So I try and write everything in my paper diary first and then put it into my, into my calendar, just in case something goes wrong with my calendar. Right. But, right. but the thing is, I had a really interesting uh, podcast uh, arranged for this morning with someone to talk about GDPR, yeah? And, yeah. and and I just looked at my diary and I was like, do you know what? I can't even fit that in. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I need to find, I need to do 10 super important things. All of those need to be moving forward, you know, very quickly in the next few days. And if I don't do those 10 things, then what I'm doing is going to fall to pieces. So that adds focus. Like if you have to do something, it becomes urgent. It's not important. It's urgent, right? So 
it's both, isn't it? But it's it's more urgent because you know it's important, but it will become urgent if you don't take care of it. So of course you you gotta you gotta make space for it, haven't you? Really. Um, but I, I like your idea of taking breaks. I think that's really important, definitely. So so it's really when that comes in, making a spontaneous decision, is that urgent? Is it important? Can I move it to another time? Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's smart thinking. Nat, do you remember when we went to school, like, you know, grammar school and high school and yeah. even college or university? You know, you had your entire day planned out. You had classes, you know, at nine o'clock, I'm going to be in history at 10 o'clock. I'll be in science at 11 o'clock. I'll be in English. Do you remember yep. that? Yep. And your whole day was planned out. And, and why not take that same approach to your work? So when you wake up, say, I'm going to wake up at this time, I'm going to, you know, breakfast, exercise. Okay. And then I start my day at this time. And then here's, you know, if you're in, you know, a corporation, chances are that you are, um, you know, more likely to have your day scheduled. You know, I laugh. My daughter works at a big company and, you know, she has those back to back to back meetings right. and, you know, no break in between. And, you know, she thinks that that is productive. And I said, no, you need to block out time in your day. You know, people have access to her calendar and she'll be, she'll be in meetings from nine to five. Wow. I said, you need to block out time during the day that allows you to, you know, rejuvenate your mind and your body. And, you know, you go take a walk and, you know, you just push things off, you know, maybe to the next day. And what you find is that it's really not that urgent or important, but people make it so. But if, if you give people access to your calendar, they'll take every single minute they can possibly get, especially if you're somebody who's successful or you're a team leader, you know, that's, they want to be, they want to be on your radar screen. So you need right. to own your calendar. Right. So put schedule it, just put it in there. 15 minutes, such and such. Um, doesn't matter what it says, as long as they don't book it in, it's fine. Right. Yeah. Try, try it for my advice to your listeners are try this for three days, right? Where like on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, where you book every minute of the day where you say, I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to have lunch here. I'm going to go for a walk here. And then I'm going to do this work and this work and this work at a, you know, scheduled time, much like your schedule in classes in school. And see what happens. See, you know, so, so you have a, uh, a report that you need to get done today. No, that report you need to get done, you're going to work at it from 9 o'clock to 9.45. Mm -hmm. And that's when that report's going to get done. Not sooner, not later. And then at 9.45, you're going to send out the report and you're going to take a five or 10 minute break. And then you're going to come back refreshed and you're going to say, okay, what do I have to do at 10 o'clock? My guess is this, is that you'll find that those are three of the most productive days that you've had in months. And you're watching the time robbers. So when people come into your office or people call you on the phone or people text you, you know, you push it off to the end of the day. The, the, after you spend, you know, 20 to 30 minutes scheduling out the following day, that's when you return the phone calls. 
you have your personal meetings, and you answer the messages on your phone. Right. Thanks, Brian. Well, that's really, really interesting. I'm going to have to go because I'm uh, 30 seconds over my uh, time. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you take care of yourself. <laughs> All right, Nat, always, always good to be on your show. I appreciate you having me. Thanks, Brian. And it's so it's smallbusinessedge.com, right? Right, where we can help you answer all of the most pressing questions you have in running your business more effectively, more efficiently. Thanks, Brian. It's always a joy. Thank you, Nat. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, Drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.